Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my partner, friend, and the CEO and founder of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, uh, today we're going to talk about something that comes up quite frequently um, as startups start to feel some of that first success, or maybe second or third, uh, we'll, yep. we'll dig into that. But um, I, this is one where we both definitely have some personal experience, so why don't we just start by speaking to that. Um, this notion that like, I'm having success now. Uh, this is a train that I get to ride forever off into eternity. Um, and, you know, just because you've had one success, does that guarantee or mean that we're going to continue to do this and we just get to keep having success fun for the rest of our lives? All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really, this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, every hand will be successful. You know, I, I won <laughs> right. this hand. I, I, I'm clearly good at this. It's called a gambling playing. streak, right? Yeah. <laughs> Those I never mean, end. <laughs> you know, the, the, the problem we have, I think, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. The problem I had early on is that I had some success young. And it wasn't about the fact that I was young. It's just the fact that I wasn't on the planet long enough to see what, right. what not having success looked like, right? Yeah. It, again, I it's, tried it's, this once. It worked. I'm great at this. I'll do it, it forever. Right. It's, it's the equivalent of you walk into the casino and you go to the blackjack table and you've never played blackjack before. And the, the, the dealer deals 21 right out of the gates. And, yep. and, and it pays you a bunch of money. And you're like, well, that was easy. Right? Why don't yeah. I just keep doing that? And yeah. at that very moment, everyone at the table is like, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Right? But you, <laughs> at that very moment, you're like, no, yeah. it does work. Look, 21, paid out. Right? Adding a thousand. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. And so I think, uh, you know, what we can dig into today isn't just the fact that, you know, we need time to be able to have that comparison, but it's also, I think, maybe a more mature uh, state, which is, even if we are able to kind of run things through and kind of see the fact that we were successful, maybe at a young age, maybe not, that it still may be our last best deal, right? We, yep. like, what you said, Ryan, we keep thinking that if this deal was big, then we, there must be another deal that will be either big or successful. And I think yeah. what messes with people, what they just don't comprehend, is this actually might be the last one. So you have to right. treat every hand like it's your last hand and, and not, you know, not keep try, trying to, to one up. So that's for me, you know, it's, it's been a struggle for a long time. If you look back, say like in your twenties, where were you confident, not confident, et cetera, that your success was going to keep on going? Oh, I mean, when you're dealing with these small numbers, right, which is that I tried something and, and it worked. So therefore I have a data set of one. It tells me it worked. It's all I have to go on, right? Like you right, really right. don't have anything else to push off of. So it's not even really, I mean, the, the danger there is using yourself as the data set, I think. Right. Um, right. When you go back to our twenties, Will, there wasn't nearly the same discussion around what it was like to be a startup founder or who was doing what or what the successes were. I mean, you know, we were, everybody was still watching the ticker tape at the, on wall street. Right. Right. So, the I think our ability at that stage was was severely hindered. I'm not making excuses, but I'm saying like I don't know where else I would have looked at that stage to say. And so this is why this is such a common mistake. Um, no, if you just assume that this will continue forever, right? There wasn't any real proxy. I knew like 
two other founders. Um, one of those I met via a phone call. Um, and, and that was the, who was that at the time? It was not, um, one of my neighbors had, uh, an uncle who was like doing these like random CFO gigs with really big companies. It wasn't PayPal. Um, it wasn't eBay, but it was somebody like in that adjacent space. They go on to be sure. a big company. I can't believe I can't remember who this is. Now it's happening to me too. Well, look at this, look where we <laughs> You've are. You've got my memory. <laughs> right. I'm trying to go back 20 years. It's not working. Um, so yeah, I just didn't have any any really good proxies to say like, here's what I should expect, right? I just looked at what had already happened to me and I based my expectations on that, um, right? Statistically, not a great way of doing things. So I, I think, you know, I set myself up for some disappointment there thinking that not only, so let me put you in the, in, the, in the mind frame, right? So it wasn't only that I would be able to be successful again, but that that one would probably be my lowest level of success. Exactly. And from this right. point forward, they would not only continue to happen, but each time they would get geometrically or exponentially larger, and it would just grow and balloon out of control, right? Uh, that didn't happen exactly like that. I've gone on to other successes, but it wasn't, it wasn't a foregone conclusion, nor did they all get bigger and bigger and bigger, right? A lot of things changed. Uh, so many things changed. I mean, like family, all the other stuff that comes in at some point in your life. Um, but yeah, just going back to that frame of mind in my 20s, it was like, okay, I did this once, did this twice, I can keep doing this, and each time it will just get bigger and better, right? Right. Really well, the case. I think part of that, though, is I think we think about our startup success the way people tend to think about career success, where it's just compounding yep. year after year. You know, exactly. We keep getting a raise, so to speak. We, we keep, keep moving yep. up. I think what's missing in, in that, that, that calculation is over time, as we keep making these bets, they're bets. There's actually, yeah. you know, we're maybe better at managing the bets, but they're still bets. You know, if you look at this, yep. Steve Jobs, when he, after he launched Apple, right, you know, throughout the 80s, uh, he left and he started another comp uh, computing company called Next. Now, if you stop yep. there and you say, okay, he just started one of the most successful you know, computing companies of all time. He was still young. He yeah. had crazy connections. Uh, he had capital behind him, his own and others. Um, and he's starting another computer company. That's a dead on. It's not like he's taking a, a big leap. Right, right. And it bombed. Now, it bombed yeah, in a way where he time. made $400 million in selling it, but th <laughs> yeah. you know, that's here or there, right? <laughs> Work out but, too bad for him, yeah. But that wasn't the goal, right? Steve Jobs wasn't thinking, maybe if I leave Apple and, you know, again, leave one of the most successful computing companies in history, then I can start a company that bombs and I sell for $400 million. Not his goal, right? But that's Steve Jobs, you know, who, who then yeah. went on to buy Pixar, who then, you know, went on to, to relaunch Apple in a way. Um, and what I'm saying is, it's not because he, his his premise was wrong that hey right. i'm more talented i'm more capable he is the problem is it that's not enough that's not right. actually what drives our next outcome there are a million variables that we have no control over which brings us back to if that's the case we have to look at every next bet as a bet yeah and i think the the career analogy is an interesting one because i think that breaks down at a lot of levels right number one um that's a very well-defined framework, right? You're sure. climbing a hierarchy. You're, you're going to go from one role. You know, you're going to kind of elevate the role. You're going to move up in the ranks. You may make horizontal moves to other companies where there's more upward mobility and, and, and ability to, to grow. And it's a pretty well-defined system. They may even tell you, here are the metrics that you need to hit clearly to be able to do that, right? Here's how you get your next race. Here's how you get that. But we also don't expect our startups to grow that way, right? We have very different expectations for what happens with the startup, right? It's exponential growth, Right. That's not what happens in your career. Career is compounding growth. 
be interesting right. to understand what would happen if we actually treated our startups like careers, but we don't, right? We're we constantly can't. pushing them. You can't, right? right so, right. you know, at, at some point, I think instead of thinking about the exit, right, we start to think about, well, how would I just turn this into a, a forever thing, right? Where this becomes sure. my career as opposed to a point in time. And we have talked about that, um, raising funds and how that changes all that stuff. But I think that, you know, given that we aren't treating this like a career and that the expectation with the career is that there's this compounding over time, um, but you're not talking about that same type of exponential growth. And we can't really assume that both those things would happen. To your point, we're making much bigger bets with the hope of much bigger returns, right? And so right. we have to keep that in balance. You know, I, I've had two conversations with founders um, over the past month, let's say, on uh, both ends of the spectrum. And what I mean by the spectrum in this case is one founder uh, had a fairly new business about you know, two years into the business, um, okay. and the business was going well. And and they were thinking, hey, if this is going this well, let me get out of this thing as fast as I can, you know, create some cash, which is nothing wrong sure. with that. But then go right. do another one because, you know, that'll obviously be as as successful because <laughs> it's what I do, yep. right? right. Um, I like that. Just 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 to pause there for a second. The the compounding assumptions there would always get me, right? I, I, right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mathematics guy. I love, I love probability. So you're now multiplying one probability, which is that you can even go sell it in the first place, right? So it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion that I'm just going to go sell this thing, right? I'll just right. go sell it. I'm just going to list it and then it'll sell um, and, and that'll be great. I just have to put the price tag on it and then somebody will buy it. Um, after after cool negotiations where we sit across the table from each other and tent our fingers, right? Right. That, not how it works. And then I'll go on and do the next one, and that'll be successful too, right? Like the odds that you're multiplying there together make that such a tiny, tiny likely outcome, right? Um, so yeah, just wanted to wanted to hit pause for a second there and talk about how easily we do believe these things in the moment, right? Um, and how if we were to lean back and and take a look at that objectively, uh, it, we would have very different feelings. I hope. Right. So good luck to these founders. Right. Of course, like we want to see them get everything they want from life, but we want them to do it with a, a little measure of sanity. Well, it, but it's hard to because at the it time is. it's happening, the right. founders are thinking everything is going well. So, again, I'll copy paste this mm-hmm. at the same time. I'm talking to another founder who had just exited his business um, for a substantial amount of money. And he's you know talking about, well, hey, you know, I need to get kind of wrap this thing up so I can go on and do the next one. Uh, and, right. and was in the process kind of leaving some money on the table uh, with, with yeah. regard to, to, to his exit. Oh, man. It's so hard to get there. It's so hard to get there. You can't, right? You've got, you literally, right. when you do get a chance to squeeze that one, right? Make sure you squeeze it all the way, every last drop of juice. Um, but, you know, it's such a funny point in time because at that moment, again, like you've put so much time and effort into that startup, right? And now you're at that point where you're at sale, and now you feel like this, this perceived freedom in front of you. Now, we've, we've podcast on this plenty of times around what actually happens when you sell a company, how much of your identity is wrapped up and all that. But like, it's so easy to just look forward and say, like, I'm just going to run like hell from this thing so that nothing happens, nothing, it doesn't change, right? All of a sudden, the money doesn't get pulled back, whatever. We just try to run away from it as quickly as we can um, and go on to the next thing. And again, to your point, we leave so much on the table when this happens because we're just thinking next thing, next thing, next thing. I don't want to put any more time, energy, effort into that. It sucked me dry. Like I'm just tired. I need to just go do anything else to recharge my batteries. Um, and we leave money on the table. We leave connections on the table. We leave so much on the table when we do that. Sorry, didn't mean to get on a tangent there, but <laughs> felt important. No, it's true. But look, the the problem is, uh, again, this other entrepreneur who had uh, made a lot of money was was on the uh, other side of, of the exit and basically, you know, yeah. turned- things up with the acquirer, et cetera, was like, I need to get out of this thing as fast as possible and go focus on the next thing. 
And why did, did, did you get to that point? Did, did you get to the why? Like what, what was actually driving that feeling in the moment? What did he feel or she feel in that moment where it became like this urgency? Cause it's absolutely self-created. So what's driving that? I think what happens, I don't think people see this from the outside, Ryan. I, I think what happens is he's been at it 10 years, right? Yes. So, so forget the, the, the cash incentives or anything else like that, or, you know, some of the, the economics of the business. He just wants to be done with this marathon. He wants to get off of this yep. merry-go-round, right? He wants to be able to say, it's, it's finished. I can close that book, and now and I can for just For so many reasons, right? Yeah. And, and here's the problem, though. At the end of this marathon, right, that last leg is actually the most important leg, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is to say, if you've invested the entire effort of the marathon and you were in spitting distance of the goal line, and you'd quit then, that's the worst time yep. to quit. <laughs> that's essentially right. what he's doing. And so, you know, part of, part of what was driving this is that he had invested 10 years of his life uh, into this outcome, which is fantastic. Again, you know, hooray for both the effort and the outcome. But more importantly, he's thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do next to kind of one-up this? And forget it, like, for a second, like, how big of a challenge that is. What he had lost sight of, and it's not his fault, it happens all the time, that's kind of what we're talking about, is that he didn't understand that this might be the last one, right? right? The idea is, let me wrap this thing up quick so I can get on to the next one, with the implication, like we keep talking about, that there's going to be a next one. Look, most yep. people, most of the su- most successful people you know did one thing right, had one success, yep. right? There are very, 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 very few successful people that have been successful twice. And, and here's the thing. We, we quickly have our minds go to like an Elon Musk who's done it a couple of times or Steve Jobs who's done it, you know, so on and so forth. But yeah. for every one of, of the, <laughs> for every <laughs> yep. one of those, there's a million people who've never done it yes. twice, right? Right. And yet we think we're that person every time. That's it. That, 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 I mean, I think it's the heart of the challenge. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if, What we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, it is. It's this false comfort that I've done it. I did all the hard stuff and now that's behind me, even though it's not truly to your point, you've got, you know, at least 10% of that race left to run, which is just closing it up in the best way possible, getting everything you can out of that outcome. The reason we feel comfortable not doing that is that we feel like, ah, you know what? I'll just make it up on the next one, right? Whatever I'm leaving on the table now, I might as well just go spend that time building the next one because that'll be a better investment of my time, of the money that I did just make, whatever, right? We give ourselves all these justifications um, that are just patently not provably true at the moment, right? right? Sure. Right. Some people will go on and do great things with that, with that money, with that new time that they have, with all the learnings they had from their first business. For the vast majority of them, they will go on, they will struggle with that second one. It will be a lot like the first one and they'll have to put in at least 10 years of their time to get to another outcome part. like that, right? It is, right. right? And we forget that, right? It's like, oh, well, the second one will probably be twice as successful in half the time. Mm, I just don't see it, right? <laughs> Let, let's build on that. We talked about this before. The, there's a few things that no matter how good things go for you, you can guarantee. Guarantee yep. number one, 
the next one in success or failure is going to cost you three to five years. Like unless you decide yep. within six months it, it, it didn't work, in, in which case it, I would say that doesn't even count. Um, right. But in success or failure, you're, it's going to cost you three to five years. It's going to cost you three right. to five years to fail, which means yep. starting all over again and going, if you, if you even have the resources to do it, both in energy and finances and all this stuff. But here's the thing. Imagine two, two paths. Path one is I maximize what I have, you know, based on where I'm at. I've invested five, seven years, you know, whatever my investment time horizon is. Actually, it yep. doesn't matter in, in this case. So that's number one. Um, and I push it two more years to get more outcome. Option two is I actually go kind of, you know, burn it all down and go start the next one um, and hope that has a bigger outcome. Think of all the things I just screwed myself on. Number one, right. I could have spent two years to increase a guaranteed outcome versus three to five years to have no guarantee of an outcome. Like, how is that yep. better? <laughs> right. right. Usually by the time I have something that's successful, all I care about is, did I get everything I could out of it? Because one, like you said, it may never happen again. But the other is, it, the, the amount of time commitment I need to maximize pales in comparison to the amount of time I need and how many restarts I might need to do to ever get back here. <laughs> yeah that's right that's really the heart yeah. of it you right. know that's it it's also funny to me too just the the irony of how much time we spend belaboring small dollar decisions and and beating up costs within the startup company at the early stage even at the mid stage always important to do always important to optimize but the amount of time that we spend optimizing for costs and and revenue over time and then how little time we're willing to invest at the end when it's over. It's just like, well, the check is what the check is. Like, I'll just, you know, who cares about, you know, figuring out tax sheltering? Who cares about figuring out um, how to maximize this, you know, the, the, the outcome here at the end? Um, it's crazy because that's the real money, right? That's the money that now is yours, right? There, there's no more cost associated with that until you decide to go on and spend it on something else, which is a totally different thing, right? It's a whole other episode. Right. It exists right. somewhere in the past. We've done that. Um, so to me, it's just, it's crazy. And again, I get it. I did it. I know. I understand the feeling in the moment. Um, I'm hoping that there are people out there now that are listening who are hearing this and going, okay, when I get to that point or, oh boy, I'm at that point right now, this is great. Perk up, right? Pay attention. This is the important part here, right? You've got to spend the appropriate time to finish out this hand because you have no idea what the next you bet. is And the hand lasts longer None. than you think. So, so For sure. here's an example. For sure. The, um, the hand doesn't end at the moment, your, our mythical hand here, doesn't end at the moment <laughs> you sell the company. It's right. the year after and the year after that because you have earnouts, right? You have all these yep. other you know, income-producing opportunities to kind of maximize that outcome. And here's what happens yes. every time. Company does the deal. They structure some earnout because that's kind of what makes the acquirer feel comfortable. And then the entrepreneur checks out, right? Because in their yep. mind... The race is over, right? But if you, and, and to be fair, they're so burnt out at this point that like there's really good reasons to do that. However, if, if you've spent 10 years trying to get to this point and you're going to shave off the most important income earning years in the last 12 months yep. just because you, you signed the deal yesterday, that doesn't make any sense. Same point. Let's say different scenario, Ryan. You've got a company doing $5 million. You've invested five uh, years into it. It's, it's doing okay. It's not you know, tearing yeah. up the world, but it's doing okay. And you're like, I got to get out of this thing. Like, uh, I'm looking for something that does $100 million a year, right? Okay, cool. 
Sounds great. Now, yep. is it the case that you've got five years invested that you're going to burn that down, fire sale it, do whatever you're going to do to get out of it right. in order to reset the meter on what will likely be a series of attempts to try to get anywhere near your app and kind of wind up right back where you are to start with? And this isn't to yep. say don't go do something new. It's saying play this hand out. <laughs> get right. this hand done real real before you burn it all down why you're yeah before why you're folding right like you have a potentially winning hand and you're going to fold it right um you, you didn't get dealt twos across the board right this is not a bad thing it's just you have to see it through right we've done an entire episode on this as well like knowing when to fold the tense is absolutely important um and, and being very objective in that decision um and why you're going to do it if it's this isn't growing fast enough um, I want something that's going to do more. I want to be bigger. I want to have more impact, whatever it is. Probably worth looking in the mirror and saying, well, what is it that I'm not doing that's keeping this business from growing that way, right? You are in control of a lot of the destiny of that company. So if it's not working, what makes you think that simply by going and chasing something else, that it's going to be that much different? Oh, it's a bigger idea. It's a bigger opportunity. Well, is that what's holding you back now? Have you hit 100% of your market at this point? Or are you still right. having trouble reaching them? Are you having trouble retaining them? What are the factors that are holding you back? And we don't want to talk about those things in that moment. It's like, no, 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 no. Those things are the wrong side. We want to look at the shiny side of the ball. Let's look, let's look right. at everything that's going right and just assume that right. all that stuff will exist. And none of the things that are going wrong will exist in the new one, right? We love to assume the outcome in that next hand and just carry forward everything that's great and nothing that's not, right? A little dangerous, right? Not a great approach to that. I agree. I'll give you an example of where I just, I didn't know what I had until it was gone. I'm using the Cinderella oh, power yeah. ballad uh, as a reference yep. here. Um, <laughs> you know, that so, you remember. Uh, my, <laughs> my first company, um, you know, I'm 26 years old. Company's done really well. Uh, we've got hundreds of millions of revenue and it's the only thing I had ever done. So in my yep. mind, here's what happens. You start from nothing, and within five to seven years, you do hundreds of millions of revenue, right? Like, yeah. that's just, that's kind of how it works. And I wasn't that ignorant, but, but I don't want to give myself too right. much credit either. But to be fair, we talked about this a moment ago, it was also the only frame of reference that I had, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. And, and so it, 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 what's so tricky is it's hard for founders to regain perspective. Part of what I think helps is to talk to other founders, you know, and say, yep. hey, give me an outside look of, of what I have here. How are you seeing it? And some founders will be like, look, this is a dead end business and, you know, you should kind of go on to do something else, which again is, is fair. Um, but more often than not, you're going to have other founders like, dude, like you should be paying attention to your actual business. Like you're messing around with something right. in cryptocurrency. You need to like <laughs> pay attention to the things that's paying you real <laughs> currency right uh, now. Yep. Right. Um, and, and what we also don't realize is the moment we take our eye off the ball, we start thinking about what's that next thing, what's that next thing, yep. that's when we start firing holes in the boat of the very thing that got us here. I did it. Exactly. You know, when I was running Blue yep. Diesel, when it was doing really well, all I could think of was, what am I going to go do next? And I would say 50% yep. of my day for the last two years was probably spent in my head thinking about what's next. And the truth is, had I actually just focused more on that opportunity, and it, w it went well, so I, I don't want to, you know, like downplay it, but had I just right. focused on that opportunity, or had I had the, the foresight to know now, uh, you know, what I wish I knew back then, um, I would have gone back and I would have said, dude, I'm not going anywhere, right? Like, this is probably never yep. going to happen again, and I am going all in on this thing. You know, good or bad, 
I'll never be able to, this is the important part. I'll never be able to invest higher ROI years than I can on a winner, right? Yep. And I would have invested as such. Now, uh, and, and Ryan, this, this brings us back to our journey together. Here we are at startups.com. And we're nine years into the journey. We've been around a while. That was sort of the goal. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, and we've got a successful eight-figure business, right? Theoretically, we could all jump ship and start far more successful businesses. I mean, there's much bigger, a nine-figure business, right? Ten-figure business, whatever. Yep. But we all, you know, uh, you, me, Elliot, and the rest of the team, we, we mostly have the benefit of having been through this before. And this conversation right. is so different. I was telling Sarah, yep. my wife, the other night, I was like, in the last nine years, how many new ideas have I brought you that weren't about startups.com? And she's like, boy, now that I think about it, you haven't had a single <laughs> idea. And I was like, right. look, c- contrast that to my last yeah. 20 years, where I, where I started a new company every two years. <laughs> three, three per dinner. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's a little bit tricky for us to instantiate that same understanding, let's say with the rest of our staff, who's you know significantly younger than us, uh, to their credit, um, who's they've only seen this, they've only been on this train. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's tough, right? I think this is one of those places where we're only going to be able to impart so much understanding through through narrative. Um, some of this you do just have to go through. Um, hopefully, collecting enough examples from people around you. Um, that you avoid the major pitfalls in doing this. I, you know, we've we've talked about this before too, but I hate to see false negatives anywhere inside a startup company, right? Because it it can be that opportunity that you you give up on too soon. Um, sure, that absolutely ends up being the one, right? We see this all the time in early stage startup marketing. Um, it's super germane to me, um, and I see it all the time. I advise people through this all the time. It's really tough, right? It's really tough to know when we've we've achieved our success. But just like the startup company, and I'll, I'll analogize it back to, to the marketing, that curve is flat for so long as you try to figure out which channels are viable. Um, you know, how how much do we have to spend to really figure this out? How do we get our target right? All these variables that go into this, and that curve just stays flat. Then you start to get a little bit of incremental lift, right? And then if you're lucky towards the end, you get that exponential lift. But you got to stick around for a hell of a long time and really work every angle of that to be able to achieve that that exponential lift off, right? But if you've only ever experienced the flat portion of the curve or that incremental lift, you're like, this thing's not going anywhere, right? Because I've never right. seen that before. I assume the plane takes off at a 45 degree angle. If you've ever <laughs> seen an airplane take off, that's not how it works until the very end, um, if right, you're lucky. Right. <laughs> it's not how it's supposed right. to work. Um, and it's the same thing in a startup company. It's the same thing with various aspects of the startup company, whether it's building your team or you know, building your marketing, building your sales, whatever it is, there's this long period of time where things tend to be relatively flat, or maybe there's some little inflections, right? But if you look at the curve over a long period of time, relatively flat, right? You have to be able to suffer through that and understand that you don't actually have to suffer during that period. That's just part of the way this works, right? But to your point, if that's all you've ever seen, if you're just seeing like, well, we're just not really growing. Well, we are. It's just geometric, not exponential, right? It's, it's, it's right. not it is this like, great, it's just a linear progression. Um, right. And that doesn't feel good if you're in one startup and you're looking at another startup over there going, yeah, but they're doing this. Right? Well, look at their entire history. Look at what they sacrificed to do that. Did they take on capital? Did, you know, is this based on you know, a $20 million war chest that they now no longer own that portion of the company? There's so much behind the curtains um, when you're just looking at that inflection point and going, well, look at what they're doing. Yeah, well, let's look at what they did before that, before we get too excited about what's happening now. 
I also think that um, when you look at other companies that are being successful, maybe your own company is successful, maybe it's not. What, what what's yeah. missing in that in that assessment is that everyone is successful in that assessment, right? We we just pulled out all of the most successful companies and said, <laughs> okay, yep. you know, why is mine not as successful as that company? Well, what's missing yep. in that whole data set is the ninety percent of companies that aren't successful, right? Right. Who don't right. actually have uh, you know a hand in any of this. If you're so fortunate in this game, whether you're a founder, an employer, whatever, to have your hand in a successful company, do not, you know, look the gift horse in the mouth, right? Like literally, if you're yep. so successful, see it through, finish, you know, play it through. Because for all of us, you know, we are, we've said this before, we are judged by our wins, right? <laughs> not our participation, yep. right? Exactly. Uh, if we're so, so fortunate, that we can be in a position where we can be in a successful company, whether we started it or we're part of it, et cetera, see it through, write it out, post the win. Absolutely, man. And, and so like, let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit and talk about kind of where we come from on this little journey, right? Which is to say that you've really got to pay attention to what you have in your hand, right? right. At the moment, right? You can't, again, like I think you said, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, right? And that's absolutely right. true, right? You don't know um, what the value of that hand is until you're, forced into playing the next one, which may right. be better. It may not be. Statistically, right. it will not be, right? It doesn't work out in your favor. The house always wins. True here as well. Not always, but statistically, they come out on top more often. So we go from there into then maximizing what we have while we have it, right? We want right. to make sure that we're doing everything we can to not leave anything on that table, right? right. In the same, like, if we're going to continue with our analogy here, you wouldn't simply pick up three out of the four stacks of chips when you win that hand. You'd make sure that you swept that table clean, right? Yep. A little more obvious in that situation, a little easier to do, but no less important, probably actually far more important to do that in the startup context because it took you more than the time to play that hand, right? Right. So then we look at that and we go, all right, and we talked about this already a little bit, that comfort that we get around, I've already done this, therefore I can go and repeat this again. That's not true. Right? right, we're assuming that next hand is going to look better. That this right. next thing we release is going to be the same level of hit or greater than what we've just done, or the, right. what we're doing right now. Right, and so I think that's where I want to take this next is to say that like there is no guarantee that that next pitch is a hit. Right, that right. that next hand is a winner. That that right. next uh, song is is a top twenty. Right, we right. just don't know. Right, we have no way of guaranteeing this. Um, very, very little that we can use to predict this other than we've been successful once, which to your point, most of the successful people you know did it once, right? And, <laughs> right. and they're in the minority, right? Because right. everybody else failed. The other 90% didn't achieve that level of success. right? And so now we're assuming that simply because we're part of that, that smaller cohort that we're going to continue to do that, right? This isn't a standardized test. Just because you did well on it once doesn't mean you're going to do well on it again. It's the opposite of a standardized test. It's a non-standardized test. It's infinitely variable. So let's make sure we keep that in mind before we go on to the next thing right. under the assumption that it'll be a hit because the last one was, right? Well, Ryan, I, I would, I would kind of emphasize your two main points at you know, which point founders are thinking, hey, maybe I should jump ship to do the next thing. Yep. The first is, like we've been talking about, you know, maximize your wins to the extent that you can. And maybe all that means is, look, I'm just tired. I just don't want to do this business. I don't, I don't care about the maximizing wins. I just, you know, yep. that's just not important to me. That's fair. Um, when you take your chips off the table, right, you know, if, if, you, if you were able to cash out for a little bit of money, et cetera, also remember that this may be the last time you ever cash out, which, which yep. isn't just about maximizing. That's an important part. But actually cash out. The opposite here 
is I'm so cavalier about this business and I want to go do something else that I leave this business behind, that I get nothing off the table. Absolutely, man. You know, it's it's a great point. People do need to be willing to take something off the table in this moment, right? You cannot just, as you said, be cavalier and try to run headlong into the next thing without getting something out of this one, right? Yeah, there were lessons. Yeah, you're, you have some better perspective. Here's the thing. All startup companies that achieve success achieve success through a ton, a ton of factors all lining up at the same time, right? And there is definitely some timing and luck involved here. Um, absolutely, there's a lot of founder power, skill, capability, uh, tenacity that gets rolled in there as well, some of which will carry forward, some of which as you get older will not be there, right? So this is the other thing to think about, that we, not that we're fighting a clock, um, but it's definitely a factor, right? We want to take all this stuff into consideration. So before you run to that next greener pasture, make sure that you're taking everything you can off the table from this one so that you've got the time, energy, money, resources to do it with the next one. Said differently, if you're not going to do that now, why would you run headlong into the abyss once again on the chance that you just end up with exactly the same outcome? All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations. Mm-hmm.